Now part of the Samoan coaching setup, he was a 95 original warrior, played for a whole bunch of teams, including, uh, we, we talked about it too, including Wakefield and Leeds as well with the, our very own Tony Kemp. Willie Pocheng joins us. Good morning, Willie. How are you? Morning, gents. How are you? How are you? <laughs> hey, well, it's Kempe, mate. How's things, mate? Back in New Zealand, I hear. Kempe, brother. What's happening? Yeah, well, back home, man. Back home trying to make it work. That's the way. And uh, you've got the the coaching gig with the Samoans, mate. How is it? Like, you know, you played for Samoa um, and now coaching them. And you've got – I saw the socials yesterday about your training session. Mate, it looked like there were 10,000 people there. Yeah, it's been crazy, crazy, Kempe. Um, you know, for myself, it's uh, it's a massive honour to be involved in the team, and you know that we have a family legacy involved in Samoa Rugby League. So to carry that on means a lot to me. But yeah, as it is nowadays, there's so many of our Polynesian Maori boys playing and playing their trade in the NRL that you know the quality of our teams are are immense, and and that's what this group is too. We've got some amazing players, and so to be able to work with some of them. Um, makes me better as a coach, and, and it's just a pleasure to get to know some of these young kids. And yeah, training's been awesome. The boys have been fantastic, but the support here in Auckland itself, the fan day was that was next level, man. It was uh, it was like a rock concert. It meant a lot to boy, to the boys to see the support and everybody come out to Victoria Park. Um, you know, something we'll all remember for a long time. Hey, uh, Willie, we appreciate you coming on, mate. Uh, your father, Eddie, was the first manager for Samoa National Rugby League team. So as a youngster, playing for Samoa would have always been on your radar. Is this a huge moment, being able to coach with them now and, and know, you know the family legacy, the history that's gone on before you? For sure, for sure. And I remember those early meetings, you know, establishing the team and, uh, the motives for starting rugby league Samoa, along with, at the time, Tonga were getting started, Cook Islands were getting started, New Way were getting started, was to enable our players to represent their heritage in their countries. And at that time, a lot of the boys were born in those countries. So, And they weren't all able to play for New Zealand. They weren't all able to play for Australia. So what they did was start a team that they could represent their families. So... To be able to do that, you know, was something that I did dream about back then. Um, you know, as a Kiwi kid, we never thought we'd have the opportunity. Um, so to do it now and to be able to have played for the country and, and to now be on the coaching staff is important. But, you know, I never, ever, I don't think that my dad and those people that he worked with to start this off ever imagined the heights that the team is reaching at the moment, especially last year. You know, I think there was a quite an emotional moment for me when they beat England to reach the final. I don't think they ever saw, whilst they hoped and envisaged that would maybe the case, I don't think they ever thought you know, it would have happened, just hoping. So when it did become a reality, it was a special moment. Yeah, Papa Eddie and your, and your mum too, Bo, like um, the amount of work that they did as volunteers through that community, the Auckland Rugby League community, yourself as a player um, going up and, you know, that first Warriors... When you when you look at it, um, well, when you see that, like you said, the caliber of players now, um, what's your thoughts on the tier system? You know, is, is it is it now defunct the tier system, and it should just be an inter- international rugby league and Samoa and Tonga and and the teams thrown in the mix with the likes of New Zealand, Australia, and England? Uh, I think there needs to be a tier system, but the tier one needs to grow. 
I don't. I think it's unfair on Wales and Scotland and those countries to put them in the same tier as as New Zealand, Australia. But I do think Tonga and Samoa have almost reached that status. Um, our job now is to continue the success that was reached next last year, um, and part of this group that we have now is doing that with all the young fellows like Sufa Longo and Gordon Chankumtang. You know, those guys are, are the ones we're trying to build the future on so we can hold that status and, and keep competitive with those top teams. So I get what you mean, Kempi. I get what you mean. And um stops people from changing countries as well. Um, but, yeah, we're, that's uh, those are conversations with people above us. Yeah, and and let's hope that they those conversations are being had, mate, and they're listening to to you guys. You've been a big part of trying to get the Samoan uh, side together for a number of years now. You're playing Tier One teams, uh, well, and and you, I said to the boys yesterday, you're sort of in the similar situation that New Zealand was back in in the early 2000s, where we had a very good team of players around us. You've got you know Polo, you've got. Um, uh, all of the, the, the Penrith backs and tall uh, Targo, all, you know, young Falogo at the back, but you're struggling in the spine. Um, what yep. What's the depth like for Samoa when you go back down through the grades and how are you guys going about sorting that part of your team out? And that, yeah, Well, that's forever, forever been the challenge for us. You know, we'd, we've got 500 back rowers yeah. and hardly any harm. So, yeah, we're trying to establish something where we can... Uh, put a pathways or a coaching implementation to try and develop some of those positions. Um, as I said, we've got Jerome Luai at the moment and we hope that there's some more coming through. The system through the jersey flag and the SG ball systems in Australia, because that's where most of the boys are coming from. Um, and we just try and snap their hand off if they're good enough. The challenge on top of that is trying to convince them to come to our side. You know, yeah. We're still... We're still challenging New Zealand and Australia on, on that front. But you know, hopefully what we've done in this camp filters out and we've tried to create an environment where the players feel like it's professional and uh, they're getting what they get at club level. And you know that filters back to some of the other guys and, and they want to come to our side. Now, the positional challenges that we face, I think... They will be there for a long time, but again, go back to what I said, the numbers of players that are applying their trade now in the NRL, hopefully that reflects in the number of halfbacks and hookers that start to come through. Yeah, and, and like, I take my, take my hat off to both Samoa and Tonga for what they've been doing and, and attracting their players back. You've got a couple that have come back from Australia. Um, actually, you've got one that reversed for Tonga who's gone back to Australia in, uh, in the Brisbane centre, but... When you're, when you're looking at this game on Saturday night, let's talk about that for uh, a minute. Well, you've got the Kiwis. They've got a pretty good lineup um, from 1 to 13. And, you know, they, they've got a spine that's pretty scary uh, when you look at it. Is that is that a game that you think you guys can go out and compete? Because against Australia, they just blew you off the park early on. Yeah, we did. We did get blown off the park early doors. And, you know, a side like Australia don't need... <clears throat> sorry don't need any leg up and we gave them too many too many opportunities to attack at us and you know that creates fatigue in you um, once we settled into it um, I thought we, we more than showed that we're capable of footing it with, with the quality that Australia had and we, we take a lot of confidence out of that going into this week whilst also understanding as you said the quality that the Kiwis have across the board 
their front rowers alone, two of the best front rowers in the world, Moses Luota, mm. how he was in the grand final and how he was in the grand final last year. And he's been enormous. And Fish is Fish. Fish is one of the best front rowers and he's established himself over the last couple of years. So they'll lay the foundations for those dangerous halfbacks that you're talking about where um, we're trying to prepare ourselves for uh, Dylan Brown and all his tricks and Jerome Hughes' kicking game. And, you know, on the back of that, Joey Manu could, could run wild on you. So there's so many threats in their side that we've got to prepare for and be on, on the money. But we're excited to go to Eden Park. We're excited to get in front of uh, a whole bunch of our fans, hopefully, and, and face another challenge against you know, one of the big nations in the world. Willie, what about your coaching journey, mate? Because I, know, I remember a couple of years ago when you got named as the Wakefield head coach, uh, and they, they were in all sorts of trouble when you took over and you managed to save them from relegation. Uh, you, you then moved on from there. So whereabouts are you on your coaching journey at the moment, and how, how did that uh, improve you as a coach, that experience? Yeah, I, I got so many learnings out of the opportunity that Wakefield gave me. Um, yeah, helping them survive and then... We were on the smallest budget in the league by a fair way, and we had a small squad, and Kempe knows very well. Wakefield, after our time playing together there, and he coached there, the club hasn't changed. Yeah. And that's, and that's the biggest problem with, with Wakefield. The club hasn't moved forward. Um, but I took a lot of learnings, um, good and bad, out of it, and it's put me in a strong position now. Um, it took me a long while, but at some point, you've got to sit back and reflect and be honest and how you've been, and I've tried to do that, and hopefully I've come out a better coach. As for right now, um, I'm still looking, I'm still knocking on doors and waiting for the next opportunity. What what losing my job at Wakefield gave me the opportunity to do was to come home. My wife was uh, pretty keen to move back. We did 25 years in the UK, and she was pretty keen to come back, and that gave us a chance to do that. So we're back here, back in Auckland, living the life, uh, as I say, trying to make some phone calls, trying to knock on doors and see what coaching opportunities are up there. And then when this this one came up, as I said, to work with quality NRL players, quality NRL coaches, it was it was too good to turn down. So um, I've got a bit of hunger, I've got a bit of fire back in me after this camp. So yeah, I'll be back on the phone chasing up some jobs. And a big part of that, Will, is uh, obviously Fano first. And uh, you gave your son Kobe poaching. His Super League debut uh, last year, oh, 2021. How's he going, mate? You must be following his journey with, uh, you know, with pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, him and his older brother. They they chose to stay in the UK. Um, mm. You know, he said he's 21, and his older brother's 26. And then they're on the path to making their own journeys in life now. Um, but yeah, we're over here. With, he knows that we fully support him. We we keep up with him. Um, He's, he's, in fact, just left Wakefield. He's chasing his next opportunity, and we'll see where he goes. But, yeah, we're really proud of um, of him. And the day that I gave him his opportunity on Boxing Day was a, was a special one. We gave him and a couple of his mates, as you do on Boxing Day. Um, they got a chance to experience running out at Headingley in front of a, a really massive, loud uh, south stand at, at Headingley against Leeds. So... Yeah, I know that, that he holds that in a special memory for him. That would have been special for you too, having played, what, nearly 150 games for the Rhinos, mate. And, and of course, a lot of the time there, 
there was a one T Kemp either uh, uh, playing alongside you or, or, or coaching. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that was like, <laughs> mate. I mean, how much of a pest was Tony Kemp as a teammate? Come on, give us give us some oil. Uh, I got nothing but praise and thanks and gratitude for Kempy. Um, I've known Kempy for a long time and I followed his career at Newcastle and then when he went to Cass and I went to Wakefield when they got promoted um, and a couple of weeks after I signed and got there, Kempy moved over from Leeds to Wakey and we had a couple of awesome seasons. Uh, turbulent, turbulent off the field, <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I knew at some point would sit back and laugh at it but at the time, you know, it was tough. It was tough. And Kempe <laughs> moved into coaching and he rode the ship and he had to steer us through some choppy waters. And it was tough. It was tough on a young coach. But, you know, we all leant on him and he was, he was a strong pillar for all of us. He was a strong pillar for me when I first got there. Um, you know, having himself and Kevin Iro and, and Richie Blackmore, those guys over there, you know, the young Kiwis that come over linked on them. So I learnt from them after they left to be the ones to look after the next generation that came through. And I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm grateful to Kempi for everything he did for me. Yeah, too, you're too nice, Wills. You remember when I reached over the back seat and give give Franny a slap? On the bus coming back from London? <laughs> I, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, but- Shouldn't have been a cheeky bugger. <laughs> yeah, that was. I been looking at you and you just giggled. I was like, yeah, I told you to stop doing that. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, brother, it's so good to hear your voice, man. I've got your number now. I'm going to give you a call. We'll catch up. Um, Me. Yep, and we'll talk about uh, what what there is in New Zealand and and get the get the wheels rolling, brother. It's uh, all the best for you tomorrow night. I'm actually there at the game, yeah. um, calling awesome. up, calling the first game. So I'll see you hopefully tomorrow. But go well, brother. You're okay. doing a fantastic job. Um, it's going to be a great test tomorrow night. Talk soon, Will. Cheers, Cheers boys. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Willie Poaching, one of the 95 originals there with us here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast ahead of that big match at Eden Park. Uh, The Kiwis taking on uh, Tour Samoa. And of course... uh, My very first bullet. This is how far back we go. So when I made the New Zealand schoolboys as 14-year-old, I stayed at his house as a a kid. Yeah, man. This is how far back this relationship goes. So, that poor cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, and they, they're whānau, so Willie Poaching is whānau with the Papali'i whānau, and mm. mate, I have never eaten so much in a week. It was every meal was a was are, an are absolute... You, are you sure about that? Oh, no, look, I'll, I'll tell you what, we got looked after by his mum and dad and the Papali'i whānau up here in, in Tāmaki like there was no tomorrow, man. It was... Honestly, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And that's the story where I tell you where I hopped off the bus in Auckland and there's this guy with a beard and he's leaning up against the pole and I went to one of the boys, oh, who's that, whose father's that? And they went, no, that's Luffu, you're playing against them tomorrow. <laughs> and that was Luffu Papali'i uh, wow. and, and could play. He made New Zealand teams as well as a junior, but good to hear Willie Poaching's voice, mate. Great, great player. I'll tell you what, great player. Uh, underrated, should have played for New Zealand. And um, his coaching career, oh, look, I'm, I hope that um, one of the NRL clubs pick him up because he's a very astute coach. I'm going to start stop making jokes about how much Kempe eats because he gave me that look like the bloke on the bus got, I think. Uh, so we'll keep it there. <laughs> <laughs>